0: Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I'm so grateful to be on today. I have a really good friend of mine, Boyd Matheson. Thank you for being here. Hey,
1: it's fantastic to be with you, Todd.
0: (laughs) Oh, this is awesome. I'm so grateful for this opportunity for you guys to hear his story. You guys are going to be inspired by the way he lives his life. And um, I want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks, for believing in me and all you listeners for always tuning in and sharing these stories because it's helping so many people um, overcome some difficult situations and be inspired to live a better life. And you guys are going to love Boyd's story. A little background on Boyd. As the opinion editor and head of strategic reach for the Deseret News, it's, it's Boyd's job to ensure that the Deseret News is shaping critical conversations through elevated dialogue. He is helping guide the Deseret News to reflect a broader national readership and online following through a bold, principled, centered voice. Prior to joining the Deseret News, he served as the chief of staff for U.S. Senator Mike Lee, as president of the public policy think tank Southern Institute, and spent years as an international business strategist. Boyd is a regular media contributor, convener of thought, leaders, and is recognized as a voice of reason and principle. Very powerful guy, um, more important than all that, he's a family man, and he believes in family first. Uh, it's one of the things that I always recognized about him when I worked with him, that family always came first, and I think uh, there's some great stories that we're going to talk about today.
1: Well, my, my most important qualification is friend of Todd. <laughs> it, is, it is great to be with you and, you, and it's great to be part of something, this story, a uh, story that's impacting so many other stories as you inspire and help people move through tough stuff, uh, but to get to that higher ground and and where the real opportunities are. So it's oh. it's just exciting for me to be here today.
0: Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. And you know, i i want I want the leaders to get to know a little bit about your upbringing because you know when I was working with you, you shared some really amazing stories about just some things you learned even at the dinner table. And I want to you know, maybe talk some about that. So talk about your upbringing. And tell us about your family.
1: Yeah, so I, I grew up in a family of eleven children uh, <laughs> here in Utah, wow. and uh, I have seven sisters. So uh, wow. I, I usually say my <laughs> my only qualification for life is I have seven sisters, a mother, a wife, three daughters, and I. And now this is important. I now have one granddaughter. So oh, I've got four congrats. grandsons, but I have a granddaughter now, and so that's uh, that's the ultimate uh, punch there. Yeah, absolutely, uh, but you know, we we grew up in a time that. Uh, it, it was always fascinating because it seemed like it, in the you know the 70s and early 80s there were all these seminars going on about you know how to spend more time with your family and you know how to family, right. <laughs> taking yeah. all the parents out of the home to go to these <laughs> lectures and, yeah. uh, and and my parents uh, they just they got it. It was really interesting they did very small and simple things that that helped us come together and learn important principles and, and one of the things uh, that I know we always joked and laughed about yeah. uh, was that we had a tradition in our home that every saturday night all the kids were expected to be at home and we would have pancakes right <laughs> and we would sit around this counter and it was like a it was like a cafe counter <laughs> we we always right. wanted to put a conveyor belt down the middle cuz oh, you yeah. spent most of your time just passing stuff back and forth you can imagine and uh, so we'd <laughs> sit around there and my dad would would make pancakes and I don't know if you ever had pancakes in a large group before, uh, but they, they do not come in stacks. Right. Uh, that was always our thing. I had no clue what a stack of pancakes was. Right. That thing on the box was like, what's that? <laughs> uh, and right. fact, we, we always had the joke at our house that eating pancakes with the Mathesons was like the early stages of labor pain. <laughs> you'd, you'd get them right. about one one at a time and about 10 minutes apart. <laughs> and, uh <laughs> awesome. and yet it was it was during that time that we were waiting for those precious pancakes to come our sure. way uh, that my parents were sharing with us important principles more importantly they were asking important questions and listening to what we kids had to say and so that was a really rich and uh, really powerful thing growing up right uh, and and you know as we all got married and moved out of the house we we still would always try to find a good excuse to show up, but you know, five o'clock on a Saturday to, right. to be part of that tradition. Sure, but mostly it was it was the conversation. It's the conversations that happen around the dinner table uh, when you're driving to soccer practice. You know, it's those little moments that that really matter. I
0: mean, a lot. Yeah, I can imagine with that many kids, it was never quiet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm ever. sure there's a lot of conversations <laughs> going on, and yeah, and I I like what you said, and I think you know I want to point out that. Your family kind of expected everyone to be home on a Saturday mm-hmm. night, yeah. When most kids are like, "No, that's my
1: night to go hang with my yeah. friends and yeah. do
0: that." How did that go over with everybody? Yeah, did everyone it, kind of follow along. Yeah,
1: you know, it. Everyone, everyone was there. We did it early enough. It was like five o'clock on a on a Saturday, so it wasn't deep into the night. So you know, the older kids were going out on dates and doing things, mm-hmm. uh, and so for the most part, it it worked. Uh, you know, you always had the dance recital here or piano thing there or a sports you know team game or something Uh, and so it wasn't always perfect to be sure uh but it was the expectation and there was a an amount of certainty to that that created stability and and a lot of confidence too because you knew you you knew you had something you know there was some grounding there that i think was really important
0: well you mentioned confidence did you feel confident growing up as a kid i mean because a lot of kids I mean, I'm sure you have your moments, but I mean, you, you're obviously a very confident guy now, but how was it growing up? <laughs> I'm the
1: most insecure guy on the planet. Okay. I had confidence, uh, and to me, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Sure. So, so real confidence uh, is actually never arrogance. Real confidence is when you have respect for the challenge, mm. but you're ready for the task. Oh, like you that. got a game plan and you're willing to endure and, and push through the tough stuff. And so in to the degree that I had confidence uh, as a child, it was in knowing that I could figure something out. Mm, okay. uh, my parents trusted me to say, OK, you you figure that out. You, right. you can do you want to do that? Go do that. Uh, uh, but it was always this responsibility was on me. It wasn't on them to fix anything. Interesting. It was. You can do this. Here's all the tools you need to do this. There might be some other tools out there that you got to go check out or right, find or right. discover. Um, but but go make it happen.
0: That's interesting. And I think that's, you know, I think a lot of times parents want to like, you know, I'll do it for you. You just kind of watch. But they were more like, no, you figure that out. Here's the tools. Yeah. Um, what a gift for you, though, right? As, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Because it just it, it did give you confidence in that you knew you, knew you could always figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, and, and also there was a certain comfort in knowing you'd have some, you'd have somebody to help. It right. may not be mom or dad, but it might be an older sister or a, a brother, uh, right. who would, who would be there to say, Hey, can you help me with this? Can you, can you drive me here? Can you, I, yeah. I got to figure this out. Uh, so having all of those different people and all of those different personalities For sure. and different gifts and talents in the yeah. house, that was one of the, probably one of the great blessings of growing up in a large family was one learning that. Uh, that oneness is not sameness. Right. That being united has nothing to, to be uh, to do with being the same. Uh, but then learning how to value all the different yeah. components of it. I, I remember I was uh, I was a missionary wow. in Japan, and, and we were talking to a a lady, and she said she said something really interesting. It was even more interesting in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> right. But she said you're not one person. He said, you've you've taken all of these things from your siblings and your parents, and you may not have that particular skill, right. but you have an appreciation for it. Right. And that's okay. a big deal.
0: That is. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, growing up, um, you know, was there some things that you ever struggled with as a kid, just personally? I mean, again, you have family who's supporting you, who believes in you, but, you know, let's talk about any of that that may have, yeah. you know, that you struggled with. Right? Yeah.
1: You know, like, like every... <laughs> Like every kid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you go through those periods where, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Am I smart enough? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a- amplified a gazillion times uh, in in you know today's world with social media and all of the comparison. And I, I think that's such an important lesson that right. viewing your life through com- comparison is always fatal vision. Boy, it is. It isn't never it? leads you down yeah. a good a good path. Uh, And so, yeah, I, I struggle with those things and, and, you know, a lot of my siblings were high achievers and I had Mm -hmm. a grandfather that was, uh, you know, very prominent and, and a high achiever. And so, uh, the one thing I always struggled with was this always feeling like I was behind. Like I got okay. it. I, there's more to do, I you know, do more. I'm not, right. I, you know, I haven't got this done. You know, it's, yeah. it's only Tuesday. We've, you know, we've got to have this goal accomplished. It's yeah. time to be done. And so those feelings can be, can be really crushing. Uh, if you, f- because sometimes when you feel like you're behind, you feel like there's something wrong and yeah. something wrong with me. Right. Uh, and so that was something I had to learn that, it, you know what, it's okay. We're going to, all you can do is all you can do. And all you can do is enough. Right, uh, and that was a, a real lesson from my dad: is that it's enough. Yeah, Eff- effort matters.
0: Effort matters. Well you may have mentioned this earlier, but where were you in the pecking order with these eleven? So first you're...
1: six were girls. okay. <laughs> so six older sisters. Man. So I also had no idea what a hot shower was <laughs> until I, I moved out of the <laughs> house. <laughs> it was always cold shower. Especially on a Sunday morning, you know, you're trying to sleep in late. Oh, my and goodness. then you know, yeah. you'd hear the bathroom door close and once one of the girls got in, then they just cycle through. It was like, I'm toast. It's gonna be so oh, cold. So wow. cold. That's, so so I, I was bet. actually no, so I'm number eight. So I have one older brother. Okay. And then a uh, younger sister and two younger brothers. So okay was kind of in the, yeah. So
0: you had a lot to look up to a lot mm-hmm. to follow. And I could see where maybe at times you did feel like, man, I got to catch up. Look what all they're doing. Yeah. Can I, can I hang with them? Can I, you know, can I hit those expectations maybe that they have done? Yeah. You know, live yeah. up to kind of, yeah, thing. for sure. And,
1: yeah. uh, you know, there were, uh, school was not my thing. <laughs> mm-hmm uh we can talk about that later but yes and, I, and there's something
0: you mentioned to me once and i thought it was really interesting which we'll get to in a second but yeah, yeah
1: it uh you know so so school was was not my thing although not near the pressure that you know kids have today you know right. with your school and you got to get the right act score and right. uh, so i didn't necessarily feel that um because my dad didn't uh i mean he was a uh, a lawyer, you know, had his JD, had had really gone the education route and, uh-huh. you know, been to Stanford and the University of Utah. Uh, so education was really important, um, but he never pushed us into, like I never felt my parents push us into any huh. space. It was always, you want to explore that? Okay, that's good. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and, we, and we sort of <laughs> had this rule uh, that, that my dad taught us that if you ever wanted to really learn something, our job as kids was to go read books. Three books about it. Talk to two people who knew about it, and then go do it, and then really? try it. So that's just kind of the. And so I've always, I love learning. Yeah. Love learning. Uh, hate tests. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hate pre-prescribed, you know, kinds of things, <laughs> yeah. uh, for a host of reasons. <laughs> sure. Uh, but but just that love of of learning and loving trying to figure things out a little bit. Uh, so for example, yeah. one thing that we often did uh, every, in fact, it was every night. Uh, about ten o'clock, everybody start you know traipsing in from <laughs> whatever events they were at, or you know right. out at friends, or off at, at whatever. Uh, and so the ten o'clock news was always on. And so as people, as the kids started coming home, my my mom and dad would just sit there in the in the TV room, and and we'd have the news on. And and my dad would kind of point out and say, "Oh, that's an interesting story. What 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 would you do about that problem, or, mm. or how to, how do you think they ought to do that, yeah. or even." How should they talk about that? Is that the right way to talk about that? You know, if you were in charge of that company, would you talk about it that way? Uh, and so we'd have really? these very interesting conversations about what was going on in the world uh, and how it might be done different or how it might be done better or how you right. can solve the problem. Uh, and then, of course, at uh, at ten thirty-five, growing up here in Utah, MASH started. Mash. Oh yeah, we <laughs> all love dad, MASH. As soon as the <laughs> you know the opening scenes come up, he'd always say, "Oh, we've seen this one," you know, and he'd want to turn it off and get us off to bed. Right. But, uh, but we usually. Talked him into staying up for another half hour just to, yeah. just to chat. So MASH was really more background music than anything. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but the news and MASH, that hour, uh, was a really important hour for us. Uh, it because like it. It, it was about dialogue. It was about conversations.
0: Well, it's interesting because that kind of leads up to what you even do now, right? Mm-hmm. And how interesting that is for your dad to point these things out and make it more of a teaching moment. Yeah. You know, like how would you handle that? And I, I never knew that. That's yeah. that's interesting. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was such a blessing because he 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 didn't he didn't teach us. He he showed us. Showed us. He okay. showed us how to yeah. have different kind of conversa- conversations about things. Uh, and it is a lot of what I do today. And so I often uh find myself thinking, you know, okay, how how would dad go about mm. this? What would he how would okay. he think through this? And and so yeah. it was really a uh, he really followed the uh, St. Francis of Assisi model, uh, you know, oh, okay. St. Saint, Saint Francis said from a from a, you know, gospel Christian standpoint, uh, always preach the gospel when necessary, use words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so my dad was the, you know, when necessary, use words, but he didn't have to use words. He never had to, to tell us. Mm. things because he was asking us things and we were having dialogue about things and then he was showing us through the way he lived right example uh, that there's a better way to do it
0: wow that's really cool so you you know as you get a little older and you're you know you're in high school talk a little bit about your high school years and kind of what you did and what you got involved with then.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so it was basketball first, last, and always (laughs) Yes. (laughs) by the time we got to high school and Todd, you know that better than anyone that becomes a uh, passion and an obsession. For sure. Uh, And uh, so I, I went after that in a, in a big, big way. And uh, during my high school years and, uh, you know, learned all the good, bad and hard lessons that come through athletics, uh, the discipline pieces there. And, uh, And then learning that things don't always turn out the way you expect them to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I often tell the story of, uh, you know, kind of this passion and this goal of wanting to play college basketball. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know that was a dream we both shared. Yeah,
0: we (laughs) we have a lot in common there. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, And, you know, I got to my senior year of high school and things looked pretty good. There was, you know, there were going to be some options. There should be some Mm -hmm. places to play. Uh, But as my senior year started to wear down, you know, my right shoulder was just a train wreck i mean oh, wow. it got to the point where it would uh, it would pretty much dislocate whenever it wanted to you know oh, wow. it's that great great experience of waking up in the morning on one side of the bed and your shoulders like way over on the oh, other <laughs> it's, <ouch. laughs> it's a, not a, not a good thing yeah. and uh and i you know i ignored it i you know avoided it and said oh, it's gonna be fine we'll work it out uh finally it just got so bad you know i had to go to the doctor and that I, I remember very clearly the, the doctor coming in and after looking at the MRIs and everything and he just he just shook his head wow. and <laughs> he just said, We're gonna we're gonna have to do some pretty major work in there. And then he was just brute force, blunt force, brutal. Right. Uh, and said, Your chances of coming back and playing competitive basketball. Are somewhere between slim and none. Really? Yeah. And, and to that, hear that—that
0: that had to been devastating. Yeah,
1: that was a rock the world moment. And so yeah. I did, you know, what we all do. We—I went into denial. Yeah. <laughs> kept practicing, kept playing, and uh, and then I just—I uh, had to have the surgery. Right. And I right. remember sitting down in my room one night, feeling very, very sorry. For, this was so not fair. I had done yeah. everything right. I mean, I had put in, <laughs> right. you know, minimum of six hours a day, six days a week for five and a half years. Right. And it was so not fair. I had done it right. I'd done it by the book. Uh, and so I was kind of in that mindset. <laughs> and uh, the phone rang and... and uh, we actually had a three-line phone in those days because oh, yeah. of all the girls. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah, the phone rang, and, and it was for me, and it was a, a gentleman in our neighborhood, well-known, well-respected guy, and, and he invited me to come over to his house. And I had no clue why he'd want to talk to me or what he you want to talk to me about. Uh-huh. But, you know, you take those calls. You jump in the car. You for drive sure, over. Yeah. And uh, he met me at his front door. And he's usually happy, you know, pretty jovial guy, no handshake, no thanks for coming over. He just pivoted. We walked <laughs> right back into his den uh-huh. and we sat down and, and he told me this story, which I think is, is really, uh, I still think about it every day and I think your listeners uh, yeah. can appreciate this. Great. Uh, he, he just started into this story. He said, you know, there once was an old man and the only possession this old man had was a horse. And he, he lived in this tiny little village, and, and uh, one night in the village, the, uh, there's a big storm, thunder, lightning. The horse gets spooked, breaks through the gate, and runs off into the desert. And so the next morning, the, the people of the village are coming around assessing the damage from the storm, and, and they yeah. get to the old man's place, and, and they see the broken gate and the empty corral. And the people of the village all say to the old man, oh, this is so awful. This is so terrible. Here, You've lost your horse, your only form of wealth, your only way to provide for yourself. Right. What an awful, what a terrible thing. And the old man looks at the people and says, no, you don't know this is so bad. You don't know this is an awful or a terrible thing. Yeah. So the days go by and one night the horse returns and brings with it 50 wild horses it's been running with out in the <laughs> desert. So now, of course, things change a little bit, right? For sure, yeah. The uh, people of the village come back around, and now they're saying, wow, this is so great, this is so wonderful. Now you have all these horses, all this wealth. You'll never have another worry. What a great, what a wonderful thing. (laughs) But the old man looks at the people and says, you don't know this is so good. You don't know this is a great or a wonderful thing. Well, the old man had a a son who was one of the great young warriors in the village. So Mm -hmm. he'd spent a lot of time perfecting his skill with the sword and the sling. And one day as he was out breaking in one of those new horses, uh, he was thrown and his leg was crushed. So never again would he be able to use those skills he worked so hard to develop. Again, the people of the village show up, as they always do. (laughs) And now they're saying, what a tragedy. How awful. Here, this great young warrior is now a cripple. You know, what an awful, what a terrible thing. And the old man looks at the people and says, no, you don't know this is so bad. Mm. You don't know this is an awful or a terrible thing. Right. Well, it wasn't many days later. The cry of war was heard throughout the land. The warlords came through the village, gathered all those that were able to fight and led them off to a a terrible battle. And that was the end of the story. Mm. He says, remember that stood up walked me out of the house, (laughs) I get back in my car, I'm driving home, I was kind of half waiting for Paul Harvey to come on with the rest (laughs) rest of of the the story, story, right, right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that was the story, and uh, I I remember so clearly, uh, I was at Cottonwood Hospitals where I had my surgery, I was laying in my hospital bed there after I'd had the surgery, and my friends and teammates and coaches, they all came to visit, and they all started out the same. Oh boy, this is so awful. Oh, you spend all this time, wow, all those hours wow. and now it's over. What an awful, what a terrible thing. And without even thinking I'm responding, no, 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 you don't know this is so bad. <laughs> you don't really? know this is an awful or a terrible thing. Mm. And it wasn't, it was wow. probably the best thing that ever happened to me. That is awesome. Because it was during that time, that lonely time, you know yeah, about this, sure. That lonely time going through that rehab and working things through yeah. and a lot of time alone in your head, uh, that I started focusing on some things that were a heck of a lot more important than making baskets or winning championships. Sure. sure. Uh, and so the reason I share that is uh, is because I think if, if you really had to boil down what's going to make the difference in your life, regardless of where you are in life, right? whether it's a professional thing, it's a family thing, a marriage thing, an addiction thing, whatever it may be, the, the thing that's going to be the determining factor for you in the next three years is going to be how do you deal with With challenge and change, yeah. And when it comes, because it comes to all of us, and many of us are in the middle of the middle of it, right? Yeah. What are we going to do? Are we going to join the group griping and the pity party and the woe is me and this is so bad, this is so awful, or are we going to find the good in there? Are we going to find the opportunity in there? Uh, I I heard this again over the weekend. You know that it—it's not enough to be broken; you have to be broken open. like an acorn it is no it doesn't do you any good to be a a broken soul we're all kind of broken right right (laughs) but we need to be broken open because that's where we start to to grow wow really change
0: beautifully said and what a great story i mean what a gift that guy gave
1: you incredible gift
0: I mean, and, and to kind of leave you hanging going, now you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Which but, was the genius of it all. It was the he ex- genius. That's why I was going to point out. explain it
1: to me? Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. How do you kind of, you know, let you figure that out on your own. Kind of did what your dad would do. Yeah, that's right. Wow. You know, one of the things I always loved about you is you don't, you, I learned this from you about what a Kairos moment is. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute because that was a Kairos moment, right? It was. Will you explain to our listeners what that is? Yeah. and why you're so passionate about that. Because you taught me that and, and really stuck with me, and I actually teach it to my clients good. now. that's good. So that's would you mind sharing game. that yeah. with us?
1: Yeah, so kairos uh, is a word that has to do with time. So it's not uh, chronos. Normally when we think about time, we think about chronos, chronological time, sequential time. So right. days, dates, times, hours, minutes, seconds, all sequential stuff. That's, that's chronos. chronos. Kairos great. is a little different. Kairos is that a uh, chance of a lifetime time, that perfect moment right. kind of time. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, that's where life really happens is in those, those Kairos moments. Uh, I often shared the example of Winston Churchill, who at a time when he was trying to rally his people during the war to read, this is it. We got to step yeah. up. Uh, he said to every person there comes that moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder mm. and given the opportunity to do something special unique to them and fitted to their talent. And I think that is so true. I think we all get little taps on the shoulder every day. Some big, some really, really small, some we don't even notice. And we get these opportunities to do special things, cool things, important things, difference-making things. Right. But Churchill then cautioned, he said, what a tragedy if that moment finds him unwilling or unprepared Mm. for what could have been his finest hour right Uh, and so to me it's being willing (laughs) and it's being ready so when you get that tap on the shoulder uh, you're you're ready to go because that's where history happens that's where transformation happens that's where we get our act together and do things we never imagined we could do kind of moments those moments matter a lot
0: Wow! Very well said. You know, and I've always, you know, when when you had shared that with me uh, many years ago, I guess, is that, you know, it's like that tap on the shoulder. It's almost like this whispering, "Hey, this is going to change your
1: life. Yeah,
0: listen to it. Do it. Follow through with what this tap's saying. Yeah. Hey, yeah. turn around. Do this. Do that. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is. And and so often, those moments are, are found just in hanging on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was back in Boston, uh, and uh, Vermont this past weekend, and I, I heard just one of the most powerful, story. I was not familiar with this story, uh, a guy by the name of John Howland, hmm. John Howland. He was an indentured servant on the Mayflower.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So young guy, single guy, uh, there on the Mayflower coming to the new world mm-hmm. and, uh, the description uh from the journals of the of the ship of the voyage showed that uh they were in all these just huge storms where the boat was just you know in peril right and so the pilgrims all had to stay down underneath but during one of those storms john howland went up on board went up on deck and the boat rolled and he went in, into a incredible stormy sea. And that should have been the end of John Howland. Right. But as he was in that water, you know, those the boats in those days with those big sailing ships, they had the, the, the long line, yeah. the rope that goes out to the very end. Yeah. And so it describes how he somehow caught hold of the end of this rope and held on. And it, it, the description says that he was six feet under the water. Oh. And but he held yeah. on and he held on and then it said they finally got a uh, a hook uh, that they pulled him a little closer and then finally they got him into a, a boat and then finally they got him all the way in but by the time they got him in he was you know almost lifeless right uh, sick and just you know lungs full of water uh, took all this time to get him in but he but he held on to that rope and he gradually got better of course they landed in in Plymouth right uh, he ended up marrying one of the uh, the girls that was on the ship. And then get this, so in his posterity, so if you go down through the generations, in his posterity, it includes Winston Churchill, Roosevelt, wow. really? uh, the Bush family, so H.W. and mm-hmm. uh, a host of, you know, Longfellow and a host of other, you know, poets and right. and leaders. Joseph Smith was part of that <laughs> wow. whole thing. So had this one guy, one indentured servant <laughs> right. not held on to the rope think of think how that you, you ever think you're playing small you think your life doesn't matter you think you're in Ooh. such a deep dark black hole of depression or despair or addiction wow. hold on wow. because you're going to get a tap on the shoulder and you may just be barely hanging on to that rope mm-hmm. but somebody's going to pull you in but you got to reach out right and when they pull you in that's going to be you yeah and you're going to make a difference in your world and your family and your community uh and it man it, it just hit me over the weekend just how critical that sometimes some days just holding off is enough right, yeah. it's like march madness you know we always right. talk about survive in advance <laughs> yeah, some right. days some days just survive is enough right For sure
0: <laughs> yeah wow that is such an amazing story and very inspiring um so glad you shared that and and I think you know I you know you know the business I'm in and the people I'm working with, a lot of them are in that like you know I'm hopeless, you know life doesn't have any meaning. Okay. I, I, I can't make an impact. I'm not going to do anything yeah. and it's wrong because it of the, wrong. just again, generations to come, yeah, because of you and what you know what that will entail and how that will change history. yeah and, and
1: interesting with John Holland. I mean, he was an unknown. I mean, he's an indentured servant. And you think of all the famous people that were on that. Yeah. And he outdid them all (laughs) in the end. Right. Yeah. So you you don't know. Uh, And yet you have to be careful of, you know, that that dark place where you think this is so bad, this is so awful Mm -hmm. that that maybe you do want to let go or you just want to give in to that addiction uh, and let it become the master. Right. Uh, Because sometimes that's a little easier sure uh sometimes it's, it's easier to just say yeah I, I, I can't do it than it is to yeah. get up and, and face the day yeah uh, but there's so many ways to get those small wins there's so many opportunities to to reach out and grab something grab someone right um, because you you can get there yeah uh, and the Kairos moments are always just on the other side yep. you know when you are having your worst day of all days, uh, that means you're really close. Yeah, it means you're really close. It's almost like it's a test. Sure. Like, do, do you still have it in there? Do yeah. you still want it? Because if you do, if you bust through this day, uh, there's a Kairos moment on the other side, and it will that. be the, the beginning of something really extraordinary.
0: Wow, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. There's so many stories and so many things I want to get into, and I hope we have time for all of them. So you graduate from high school. You go on a mission to Japan. hmm um, you get back from Japan. Um, talk about, cause, and I don't know when this happened, but I remember when we first met, we had this mutual kind of hero slash friend motivator, Dennis Waitley. Yeah. And I want to just share a little bit about that. So Dennis Waitley, for for you listeners who don't know who he is, um, he, he was a sports psychologist, and he also, he, I think he specifically was working with the U.S. Olympic team. ski team. yeah. Or, yeah what have you and well i i got introduced to him when i was uh a kid who was lost his way my parents didn't know what to do with me and my dad bought me this the psychology of winning 10 cassette tapes yep (laughs) back in
1: the day i still have mine yeah i do too i still have mine as well
0: and i still have the actual the 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 guide that came with it i still have it. it's matter of fact it's right (laughs) over here anyway um And I just fell in love with Dennis Whaley and just the things that he taught. It's some of the same things I'm teaching today. Well, when I met Boyd, I find out that he was one that helped him kind of put some of the lawless stuff together, and I was like, "You got to be kidding!" And, he, and Boyd knows him personally, and I was like, "No, that's not fair. He's my hero, kind of thing." But tell us, tell a little bit about after your mission and things like that, and and how that all kind of came about.
1: Yeah, so you know, I had uh, obviously grew up on a lot of the Dennis Waitley and Zig Ziglar <laughs> and Stephen Covey, and right. you know, on and on and on. The list goes. Right, uh, Og Mandino uh, was a, a big yeah. favorite. Uh, So it was very steeped in in all of that. Uh, When I was playing sports, I was also coaching a lot. So I was doing summer camps and workshops, had a little sports camp business going. Right on. Um, So I, you know, picked up with those kinds of things. And uh, I I did uh, try my hand at at college uh, for about a half a semester. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The important thing was I met my wife. So it was... Time well spent. Yes, uh, and then uh, and then I launched <laughs> into the into the consulting space uh, and really that human development and right. maximizing potential because uh, that's always intrigued me. You know, sure. I, I just don't think we're here uh, as an accident. Uh, I don't think things are random. Uh, I think we all have big things to do. And so, in studying all of that uh, and trying to get into that field, uh, it actually wasn't long after I had dropped out of college. Uh, we we had moved from Provo up uh, up to Midvale and uh, just had our first baby and uh, and my car broke down. Mm. <laughs> and so we were looking right. for a new car. and this is how old I am. you know I was <laughs> I was in the newspaper. It's interesting I work for a newspaper now. I was in the <laughs> newspaper and I'm going through the wanna ad section, yeah. you know through the classifieds and looking for a car. And then in the middle of this, list of you know cars yeah there's this tiny little ad uh uh-huh. that said wanted someone to create a coaching curriculum based on the works of dr dennis waitley and a phone number wow. that was it wow i'm like <laughs> i know a lot about dennis waitley right <laughs> i can quote most of first sure. 10 tapes right? right yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> uh so i <laughs> called the number and uh they said, "Yeah, they're looking for someone to, you know, put this into a 12-week coaching program." Like, "Oh, they are singing my song." Yeah, you're like, uh, "This is because mine, I am you know, a firm believer that seminars have their place, speeches can be motivating and inspiring, sure, uh, but unless you're really committed to do it over time, uh, with right. the help of someone who can hold you accountable for right. applying the principles, right? Uh, that that real change just isn't likely to happen. Uh, it's why your work, Todd, is so important." Uh, To have a little bit of inspiration, Mm -hmm. to have some education in terms of principles and skills, some application so you can go try it. And then knowing that Todd is calling, you know, that you're going to hold him accountable (laughs) uh, to do it. And that accountability is so important. Sure. So anyway, so I had this model already in my head in terms of what I thought executive coaching ought to be. And uh, so anyway, so I, I went down for the interview and <laughs> and it was one of those I mean I, I was so out of my league. I mean, there were people from universities there that you know were curriculum designers right. and, and uh, behavioral scientists and <laughs> wow. anyway, th- they all kind of went through and, and then it was my turn to go in and and Dr. Whateley and I just clicked right. uh, we started, designing on the spot and yeah i
0: remember you telling me that like right then and there it's like yeah he knew you were the fit yeah yeah, yeah
1: it was just it was one of those kairos moments i yeah. mean it was this tap on the shoulder and we showed up and which is always the key you gotta show up gotta show you up just show up is is such a big part well of you
0: it. could have walked in there and said look what i'm up against i'm out
1: i should have <laughs> I mean, really, right. I should have. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't dressed for it. Uh, you know, I mean, these these guys were thirty years older than I was. Right. You know, I was only in my twenties, uh, and I went to tell executives, you know, how they should be leading their companies. Right. Um, fortunately, in those days, it was only phone and fax. <laughs> right. Was how we communicated, and so nobody knew how old I was. So that was actually a benefit.
0: Okay. <laughs> So then you obviously got the job and moved forward and you got to rub shoulders with Dennis Whaley. Yeah, Yeah, and then we turned around, we did
1: the same, uh, created the same curriculum for Zig Ziglar and did it for his program. You know,
0: this is definitely not about me, but Dennis Whaley at the time was kind of like, at a time, saved my life, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. Those tapes, those simple little cassette tapes, I would pop one in when I was feeling down and wanting to end life, pop it in. And I felt motivated. I felt like, okay, I need to keep moving yeah. forward. So, but anyway, so yeah, no, you so and I, I really love Dennis. Yeah, you know? and it's
1: so important. And uh, th- those, it's those principles. You know, yeah. you you grab on for sure the rope you ought to be holding on to is principles, right? Uh, and yeah. Dennis did that. In fact, just a uh, an interesting Dennis story. We were walking down the street one day uh, in Salt Lake City. We were going to our attorney's office, and we heard this car squeal like slam the brakes and just skid Uh (laughs) and so we spun around and this car backs up this guy jumps out of his car and starts running toward us and i'm dennis and i are looking at each other like do uh "Do we run are we about to be (laughs) robbed and he had something in his hand oh wow and he came running up to us (laughs) and we just kind of stood there and he sticks his hand out uh, to dennis and he had $50, dollars two twenties and a 10 in his hand. And he gave it, he pushed that to Dennis. Really? And he said, I have been listening to a pirated copy of your psychology of winning mm. for the last six months and it saved my life. Wow. But one of the things you talk about in that program yep. is integrity. Integrity. Yep. And Dennis was like, oh, no, no, you keep it, you keep it. He's like... No, he said, you can give it to charity if you want. Right, right. (laughs) But I'm giving it to you because I'm going to live the principle you taught me. Dang. That so was just awesome. yeah, it wow. was It was a great, great moment. <laughs> well, at least you didn't get robbed, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That, that would have
0: been a little like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> that's so cool. I would probably do the same thing if I saw him, honestly. Yeah. I would stop, screech my car, run, and hug him, <laughs> say, thank you so much. Yeah. You changed my life. Um, well, you know, and again, that's why I've always been so impressed with you, Boyd, is that you live your life based off of principles. You hold on to those. And I and I love that analogy with that guy's story you shared. Yeah. You just hold on. Yeah. Hold on to honesty. Hold on to integrity. Yeah. Hold on to hard work. Hold on to being kind. Yep. And those things I really do think those open up those kairos moments. That's right. You know? But if we start letting go of okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dishonest. I'm not gonna do the right thing. Yeah. I'm not gonna work hard. Yep. We're not ready for the tap on the shoulder that's kind of right. thing, and that's what I'm hearing. And that's from the you. Tra- and that's the tragedy. That's the tragedy. Remember, tragedy. the
1: tragedy is not being willing yeah. or prepared yeah. for those finest hours. Yeah,
0: you know, and I love, I love this because you're kind of, you're kind of old school, Boyd, <laughs> with these old school but yet mm-hmm. everlasting principles. Yeah. Because if you think about it, there's so many motivational speakers now, and they're good, and they, and yeah. they, they're speaking good things, but they, they've kind of gone away from. These core, the core things, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why we love Dennis, right? Because yeah. it was just the core boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Do these things. And I'll tell you, it's amazing. And, and that's what I try to do with my clients get yeah. to these core things. Yeah. Yeah. You well, have
1: to be careful because it's so easy. To chase the interesting yes. at the expense of the important, Ooh, uh, wow, and so well you, so you, you got to step, you got to step back and say, okay, am I chasing this because it's interesting? Yeah. I mean, how many how many times are you just flicking through Facebook yeah. or Instagram or whatever, yeah. and it's it's entertaining you yeah. uh, and it's interesting, but it's it's not the most important thing.
0: Yeah, and if you don't know uh, Boyd, he is a quote master. The guy can quote anything and everyone. And I have something that just hit me right now. Uh oh. Is there, was there a word you were supposed to say today? You know how sometimes <laughs> you get challenged to do that.
1: I did not get a word of the okay. day today. I was just wondering if
0: Ki- <laughs> Kylie said, "Okay, here's the word I want you to say." <laughs> just te- just testing you. But you are you 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 you. Just what you just said there is beautifully just well said well purposed and I think you you have these that are just there because you live it, you study it, you practice it kind of thing. you know I think that's really cool.
1: Well I, I appreciate that it's the, the, the beauty of looking at the world through principles or looking at looking at it through the lens um, of, of principle gives you a little different perspective, a little different view of things and so yeah. the thing I love is I, I'm constantly learning. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I've learned from your story, and you know, you're taking nice. that handful of coins and mm-hmm. you know, giving it to that girl at the lemonade yeah. stand. And I've done the same thing, and I've yeah. challenged other people to do the same thing. That's so cool. Uh, I was just, <laughs> we were just reminiscing. I, I wrote in my my column in the Deseret News this week uh, about something that someone in my neighborhood did. This this is how simple it is to make a difference. Right. Uh, Denise Anderson, great friend, amazing lady. She started a 1K donut run. Okay, 1k now. I like the donut part. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I like the 1k <laughs> part to get to. It's not even the length of my street, you know. I mean, it's over, but so right. she's done this every year <laughs> and she raises money and she gives it to a different charity every year. Wow. Uh, and I was just sharing. the reason this is fresh on my mind, uh, someone was asking me to kind of reflect back on the 2016 political season, that election year as we obviously right. roll into another election. Sure, we're coming uh, up. Yeah. And I said I I remember so clearly after the election was over because it was so bitter so divisive to the country Uh, and everyone just kind of woke up you know the day after the election in 2016 is like oh my gosh now you know i'm exhausted i'm spent i'm angry i'm frustrated what what do we do and that saturday morning all i wanted to do was stay in bed and my wife debbie uh who was right as always uh (laughs) said no it's denise's donut run today and i said no and she says yeah so we we went up and there's this little grassy bowl in our neighborhood. And again, one K. I know. Not ten K, not five K. This is one K. This is really, really, really short. It's over before it starts. <laughs> uh, but I got there and there were hundreds of people from our community. There there were a bunch of kids from BYU who just saw it on social media and said, Hey, we can go. We can go run, and we can make a difference for yeah, a charity. Yeah. And they showed up. So there's this great group there. Uh, they they had a, a senator uh, who used to live in the neighborhood <laughs> really? was there, and That's he got up awesome. and said a little speech, you know, uh-huh. was, was motivating everyone that they're going to have to be really committed to finish the race, you know, <laughs> and get to the donuts and hot chocolate at right. the other end. But then he said something that I had heard him say thousands of times over the years. He said, because of people like you, America's best days are ahead. And with that, they sounded the gun. You know, we we ran the minute and a half, you know, it took to get down the street. But then the amazing thing happened. People stayed for hours. Wow. And it wasn't about the donuts and it wasn't about the hot chocolate. And there was not a single mention of politics. Really? Except for one. I overheard one lady ask my friend Denise, you know, this lady was distraught, frustrated. What are we going to do? This could be awful. And she said, well... We know what we can do at my house. And so the day after the election, we did what we've done for the last eight years. When we got up in the morning as a family, we said a prayer for the president. Wow. She said, we did that for eight years for Barack Obama. We're now praying for current uh, President-elect Trump at the time. uh, And that's what we will continue to do. And it was just one of those wow moments where you say, everything's going to be all right. As long as you got... Family, community, neighborhoods—things uh, are going to be just fine right. because people show up and do things. Yeah. Things that mm. seem really small and insignificant, uh, but they change—they change the course of history. And, and we have to remember yeah. that. We have to remember our our security, our success, our happiness is never going to come from Washington D.C. or a state capital, or even a local building or a business. Right. Uh, it's what can I do today? And so Denise wow. has, has created this so cool, cool thing every year. In fact, we everybody's on Facebook right now saying, "Okay, is it going to be November 9th? You know, we're going to do the one K donut run, and you know, what's the charity going to be this year? Uh, how do we get involved?" And it's just such a simple, simple thing, but it'll impact thousands of lives. It's that you know, wow little ripple. Wow, I love that. I mean, you got me choking up
0: over here. Seriously, that is so powerful. And I love what it's like. Well, I know what I can do. Yeah. I know what we're going to do in our home. Yeah. I love that because that's where the difference happens. I really yeah. believe that too. And it's something so small, but yeah. yet so big and so yeah. profound, you know. And I bet you were glad you ended up going that day I instead absolutely. of staying in bed. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: That's props it, to Debbie, just, right? Yeah, always, always props to <laughs> Debbie. Always props to Debbie. Yeah, uh, but it just shows the <laughs> the strength of people. And this is I think this is also important for your listeners, Todd. Yeah. Um, because it's the connectedness of that community yes. that brings power. Yep. Because I am certain in that little crowd there that day that there were people who were depressed. Yep. There were people struggling with addiction. Yep. There were people who had lost jobs yep. or lost a loved one to cancer. There were there were people there who had plenty who had far better reasons to stay in bed than I did. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But who showed up anyway? Who showed up. And uh, that was, to me, that was the most inspiring moment. It was like, oh, the politics stuff is interesting, uh, but it's not that important. Right. Because it's about people. Yep. It's always about the people.
0: It's that connection piece. We, you know, we say here all the time, connections, the opposite of addiction. Yeah, that's you know? right. You know, because when we're connected, we feel like a part of something. Yeah. And that's where we feel alive. That's right? right.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So true.
0: Man, so well said, boy. Yeah. Well, let's, man, there's so much we could talk about, man. You're amazing. Um, let's let our listeners know, like, what, what are you doing now? And just kind of give us a little background on that. And then I, I would like you to ask, to give our listeners a challenge. Mm.
1: Okay. Okay. So curr- currently I am at the uh, Deseret News. I'm the opinion editor there. So I write a, a weekly column, and then we have mm-hmm. editorials that go out there. So we run that part of it. The bigger part of my job is, is called strategic reach. Uh, right. And it's really trying to shape these kinds of principled conversations, uh, yeah. not just here locally, but nationally Okay, uh, and really pulling things to principle. So I do that a lot. I still do a lot of. TV appearances on different yes. uh, political shows and different networks from CNN to Fox to MSNBC and everybody in between. Yeah. Uh, a lot of radio interviews. <laughs> and then I, I have my own radio show, uh, which we, we took a little break from, uh, but we'll be kicking back up on KSL News Radio uh, starting on November 4th. So, Inside awesome. Sources with Boyd Matheson will be yeah. on there so people can follow along. It's going to be cool. And uh, we're, we're always going to have a section every day uh, called In Search of Higher Ground.
0: Mm, uh, where we can talk that. about these kind of
1: principles yeah. and uh, really elevate things beyond the news of the day stuff that we all get so exhausted by. Sure. Uh, so, so we continue to do uh, that Very kind cool. of stuff and uh, playing grandpa and doing doing all the fun things. Right on.
0: That's awesome. Well, you know, you've always been one who's making a difference. Uh, one one who's inspiring because you're living it. You know, again, watching you from a distance, you're doing it, and therefore it makes me want to be better. Wow. Well. I, and I, I mean that.
1: I, I really appreciate that that, yeah. means, that means a lot. And it's uh no lives are perfect and right. and it's easy to to see that component. But the you know the thing that gets me out of bed every day is, you know, how can we how can we elevate the conversation? Uh, I actually sign off my radio show by saying every day and especially this day, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference and if you can do those three if you can do those three things every day that's a really really good day it's a a really good day so see something that inspires you whether that's a sunset or a little kid playing at the park right or something in a good book or a painting or a whatever it is see something that inspires say something that uplifts so rather than going down where most of our dialogue, sadly, is going in the country right now, yeah, say something that uplifts.
0: For sure. Yes. Thank
1: that person at the checkout stand. Mm-hmm. Say something nice to somebody as you pass in the hallway. <sighs> Connectedness. Man. Say something that uplifts. And then, of course, most important, do something that makes a difference. Yeah. And whether that's a handwritten letter, uh, whether it's a text to a friend, whether it's just responding of, I wonder if so-and-so is okay today. Yeah, yeah. Act on that. Yeah. Move on that. Do something on that. And if you can do those three things every day, yeah. that's a really, really good day. Run a one k, need a donut. I need a donut. Yeah, right? I eat two donuts. <laughs> yeah, <and> two. <laughs> I'm an yeah. overachiever in the donut department.
0: <laughs> that is so beautifully said, and I think that would be a really good challenge right there. Yeah. I mean, that is just spot on. You know, um, and I think that'd be a good uh, segue to kind of maybe wrap this up a little bit, as much as I don't want to. But if someone wanted to reach out to you. And just, you know, maybe ask you a question, maybe ask about what you've shared here yeah. even. What would be a good way for them to do that?
1: Uh, they can follow me on Twitter. It's at Boyd Matheson. They can follow me there. They can follow me on the pages of the Deseret News. You can always uh, poke around there. You can send me right. a Okay. email uh, or they can call you and you can call me. Okay, and we'll, there and we'll we go. we'll connect. And, and the challenge is on because if you've got something you want to talk about, I want to talk to you. I'm in. Yes.
0: Yeah, and Boyd uh, is serious when he says that. I know that about him. Um, you know, again I th- I look at meeting you f- was a kairos moment for me cuz it really um sparked what I'm even doing now mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's made me want to like okay, I'm going to I got to dig deeper, I got to work harder and I want to do this and and things I feel very blessed cuz things are really tra- starting to work out. The the book you allowed me to kind of um kind of publicize or I guess yeah. talk about on your podcast is going to finally yeah. launch on November 7th Yay. And, and uh but I, I, just wanted I want you to know that I really look up to you. And boy, this was so good to hear oh, all this stuff. It's so today. fun.
1: This is it's been way too long, and this is this is the best part of my day today. So thank I hope you. everybody that's listening has uh, enjoyed <laughs> coming along for the conversation because it's yeah. it's been a blessing to me.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Boyd, and uh, listeners. Wow, another gem, another an amazing story. Uh, if I know you were inspired by this, please. Obviously, listen to this. When you're done, share it with someone else who may be struggling, who may be in that dark place who's just trying to hold on. This will inspire them to continue to do so because like Boyd said, that Kairos moment is just around the corner. It's right there. And I and, and I can testify that I've had those moments and they do come. They come. So there you go. Thank you, everybody. Having an amazing day. And don't forget, there's nothing wrong with you. And thanks for always tuning in. Till next time.